Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Some Other Useless Podcast with Richard Wigand. I'm Richard Wigand. And, um, yeah, we once again took another break. Um, trying to get it settled of how often I'm going to be recording these. Still kind of in a, um, you know, slum of writing. And what's always held me back is where to post my videos and exactly what to call them because these days there's so, there's so much stigma around influencers as I talked about on this show content creators and I don't want to see myself as that and I don't like being labeled as that so it's really complicated of being in this position of creativity where I don't really know what to call myself I've always called myself a filmmaker and writer but the evolution of filmmaking is changing each and every day. And more and more people are sharing their stories every day. And TikTok is just a whirlwind of original and unoriginal videos. And that's the whole you know, basis of it is to have somebody come with an idea and it be ripped off million so times and it trends and it becomes what everybody wants to do and it becomes stale um so i'm still writing and coming up with ideas of how i'm going to approach my next project um, so far this show has been kind of my only voice out there i honestly should have started the show earlier but everybody was doing podcasts in 2020 as their you know, um, response to what was going on. I didn't want to be part of something. I, I didn't want to be known for that. I think I mentioned that a lot on this show. I didn't want to be, you know, heavy, heavily popular during a pandemic, and that's what I would be known for. So lots of things going on uh, that I... It's This article, its story is a few weeks old, but I just had to get into it. And there's two things, and they both have something in common. One, somebody is accusing somebody of stealing an idea. And the other one is also accusing of stealing an idea, but actually going forth with a lawsuit. So, And, and I'm tied between these things because I'm kind of in the same kind of situation for one of the people that I'm about to talk to, but... Let's get one thing out of the way because this, this is the fun thing and then we'll, we'll get serious. Um, but Joe Dante recently came forward and gave his take on the baby Yoda. Which for one thing is not Yoda, but this other character called Grogu. Grogu is like 50 years old and is a baby. Joe Dante is just claiming that they stole the idea of Gizmo, the gremlin, from the movie Gremlins. Now, here's his actual, what he said. He says, I think the longevity of films is really key to this one character, Gizmo, who is essentially like a baby, which brings me, of course, to the subject of Baby Yoda, who is completely stolen and is just out and out copied. Shamelessly, I would think. 
Now let's break this down. When Yoda first came out, the pointy ears do remind me of Gizmo. And the stature, the whole basis of it does remind me of a gremlin. Other people around me don't immediately think of gremlins for some reason, but I would disagree. And I fought with the idea of liking this Baby Yoda thing. It is cute, but I have so many things against it. Um, it's, it's complicated, because I've, I've loved Yoda, the original character, Yoda. Loved Frank Oz. Did a whole show on him. His estranged relationship with Disney kind of also factored into this, of what gets appreciated in storytelling and filmmaking and television. Is it a ripoff? Um... It, it definitely makes you think of it. And it makes you wonder why did they decide to go with this idea. Because for one thing, I've never seen the show. Hardly ever seen like a full minute clip of it. I've only seen trailers. I like the lead actor, Pedro. He's cool. A lot of my favorite actors have joined the show. Giancarlo Esposito, Michael Bean... I heard that Christopher Lloyd is going to be joining. So they're getting really great talent to join this show. But the draw so much has been this Grogu. This baby looking thing that is called Baby Yoda because it is the same species as what Yoda is, but it's not Yoda. It's different, it's different to... Um, Explain to people, isn't it? Oh, I like your shirt. You know, if you have a Baby Yoda shirt. See, he's Baby Yoda. It's complicated to say, no, it's Grogu. You know what? It's not Yoda. It's Grogu. Kind of takes you out of a second. Like, some people go, I, I don't know the difference in what you're telling me. It's cute. It really is. But that's all this show is known for. It's on Disney+. Plus. So right there... They need a hook. They need to lure people, to get people on their platform, to pay to see TV, to see this exclusive Star Wars show. Which I love John Favreau. This is why I'm so torn about this whole situation. Love John Favreau. Love a lot of ways done. But his take on Star Wars is being so appreciated more than anybody else. And the odd thing is... I don't see a difference. You know, what is a bad Star Wars movie? What is a good Star Wars movie? Well, a lot of the original ones get torn apart because many fans are split on George Lucas, and George Lucas is split on his own stuff, so much so he decided to split from that, sell it, and now they can do whatever they want with it, and they keep doing that. And they keep saying, we're not going to make movies on original characters. Then they do. They come back. Han Solo movie. Didn't do all that well, but they still want to do something with Donald Glover's um, Lando Calrissian character. So they like that. And Star Wars Rogue One people really liked. Because it was a unique depiction, not really... I don't know how to explain it. When you're, when you're making a Star Wars movie, and people instantly don't like it, hard to get out of that hole. 
George Lucas faced the same situation when he, he made the originals. They lasted for years. And then he comes back with what is supposed to be the ones that come before that. And that's when he started screwing up his own idea. So right there, people were like, we don't trust George Lucas. And that's a big thing to not trust the guy behind the whole franchise. Because then when anybody else steps up, what, what are you wanting? Are you wanting somebody better than George Lucas? As good as? Because a lot of the people that you keep seeing, you're complaining about. J.J. Abrams took over. My thing with J.J. Abrams is I love Lost, my favorite show, Lost. But his name's like on everything. You know, he, his name had to be on Star Trek and Star Wars and Mission Impossible. And at one time, The Twilight Zone until Jordan Peele took it over which I'm grateful for that. But I didn't see anything wrong with those movies compared to the other ones. I don't see anything that was unique. Everything tried to be a copy of what they did, but still try to do it in an original way. You have droids from the original. You have droids from the new one. You have heroes from the classic one. You have new interpreted heroes. You have villains that look Kind of like the old villains. But I got into Kylo Ren. I kind of got into Kylo Ren more so because the actor behind him, Adam Driver, I found him interesting. He's from Indiana. I found him interesting. I found his character interesting. And I thought that Kylo Ren looked like a pretty cool character compared to a lot of the stuff that was going on. A lot of the Star Wars Episode 1, 2, and 3 get flack all around. Darth Maul was an interesting character. But years later... When they try to recreate something that has lasted for so long, it's like, what is the point? So then, Disney Plus gets this idea to stream these ideas. These things don't necessarily have to go to theaters. Not everybody has to see it unless they're paying for it. You have shows like The Mandalorian. You have uh, The Book of Boba Fett, which people don't like it because they're promoting more of The Mandalorian into the Book of Boba Fett. It's like, what if the Book of Boba Fett came out first? And then you have you, you have actors on the Book of Boba Fett that are kind of like we should like the the lead actor is Tamora Morrison, who I found pretty cool from the original ones as Jango Fett, and then they just used his face to be the clones. So he is essentially also Boba Fett. How do you say his name? Baba, Baba, whatever. And then even he has this take where, you know, maybe my character shouldn't talk all the time, you know? And I think that's what is wrong with a lot of these reboots. They're not fully understanding the source material. They're forcing something that shouldn't be. And that's a great example of that. So John Favreau gets this idea to to you know, bring in the he's he's helming the Mandalorian, and people immediately get sucked into it. And I'm thinking, why is this different than the other stuff? Is it really that different than a J.J. Abrams movie or a Ryan Johnson movie, who also gets brutally attacked online for his take on a film? And I think it was completely unfair. What did he do wrong? He messed with a few of your characters. Who cares? 
you know, the, the show, it's Star Wars. The Star Wars, you don't think anybody's going to die in a Star Wars, during a Star Wars. Disney owning things puts limits on what they can do. But then again, here, here lies the moral of the moral ideas behind Disney. Disney and Hulu, because Disney bought Fox, so a lot of your Fox movies were on Hulu. Now, since they own all this stuff, it's now going to start streaming on Disney Plus, which means Disney Plus is going to start streaming rated R movies. And the TV show The Orville, which has some raunchy and suggestive bits that may not be suitable for children. Who knows what they've done in their third season. Not knowing that they would be taken over and be shown on Disney+. Plus, It's changed. And they have to do that because as I watch these adventure movies, we got done watching um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and we saw Thor, Love and Thunder, which also is again attacked. It's a different story. There's elements and there's suggestive themes in these movies that make it really hard to understand that it is owned by Disney. That's what I kept thinking the whole time. Very, very suggestive bits. You you got religion, you got sex, you got violence. And these are all things that Disney used to really, really not want in their movies. And then now they go back and they subtly put things. You know, every once in a while they add like a, a lesbian character or a gay character in one of their animated films to be inclusive of the LGBT community and they get called out on it. At the same time that Disney also gets called out of shunning away things that they do involving gay people. So which way do you want to go? Do you want to say they're not doing enough gay stuff or they're doing too much? And it seems to be a split split on the take on it because people think that it's worse. People think that it is as bad or worse than years ago. Disney has always had this thing where they are kind of borderline racist and it's hard to kind of course correct. They can only do as best they can to fix what they've done. And when they get called out on it, again, which way do you want to go? Do you want to keep it as it is? Or do you want to have things kind of change subtly over time? But going back to the Joe Dante thing, because it just opened up the whole can of worms of Star Trek, um, Star Wars, see, I even slipped because there's so much out there. Star Wars ideas in particular are all over the place. And marketing is key, but that baby thing, Grogu, which kind of sounds like Gizmo. <sighs> Years ago, there was a company that made Furbies. And what was kind of the draw of them is it kind of resembled Gremlins. And it wasn't, it wasn't a made-up thing to say, oh, these Furbies, they kind of look like Gremlins. Well... Shortly after they started getting really, really popular, because these, these were toys that would go everywhere, you would actually, they eventually came out with a licensed Gizmo Gremlin Furby. My sister Rosella has one. It's cute. It is so cute because it's Gizmo. Gizmo has always been a part of my life. So much so that when we had cats, 
my sister and my mom both together at the same time came up with the idea to name one of our cats Gizmo, who has since passed away. One of my best friends in this world. <sighs> Never forget him. So every time I see Gizmo, every time I hear the word Gizmo, it just it it, it goes deep. And I have this immediate emotional response to Gizmo. Always loved Gizmo more so than Star Wars. And definitely better than Yoda, if I had to pick the two. And here's an odd thing. They actually came out with the company that made all these things. They made a Yoda. And Yoda was different because the Furbies were like um, all, their, their body was like um, all fur, like a ball of fur. and had little feet and no arms. And Gizmo was like a shortened version of Gizmo and he had feet and he had arms to look like Gizmo. Yoda was like Yoda. It was his whole body standing up. And which was kind of different because stature-wise, Gizmo is not as small as... Uh, Yoda is not as small as Gizmo. But they, they still came out with these toys. And again, my sister Rosella had that one too. And it was interesting to watch Yoda talk and say all these things. And But it, it was cute, but it wasn't cute as Gizmo. Um, so he, he, does, he does win there. Joe Dante does win there. And I, I just think that it's... The whole situation is unfair. Because... And he even he has his take on it where he thinks they just stole it. Because there, there is such a thing as doing like an homage. Like if somebody wanted to do like a... Uh, or oh, they really love Gremlins. And they do like an homage or tribute to them. And everybody knows. Everybody's in on it. But if you just come out with this character... Especially a character that already has an intellectual property, Star Wars. And then you take it off something else. I mean, if Warner Brothers had anything to do with Star Wars, this wouldn't really be a question. But these days, sometimes directors kind of do go back on their studios. And they would say, Warner Brothers stole my idea, even though Warner Brothers owns everything. They just keep branching it off actually goes into my next topic because I, I am on Joe Dante's side I, ha I have to be I there's no reason for me to really go full in with this baby Grogu thing it's cute it is cute but I only probably think it's cute because it reminds me of Gizmo you know he carries him the same way he goes in the backpack it, it, it's I don't know I think at one time Zach Gallagher and the Star Gremlins he even thought he even came out and said that he says Gizmo's cuter. And the most interesting thing, though, that kind of dampens it and makes it worse because the direction that we're going. When Yoda came back in the new ones, he was kind of like CGI all of the time. And I think this Grogu thing is too. But this time around, they're making the CGI look like it's a puppet. Sometimes I think it is. But then when it's not, they still try to make it look and give that reverie look to make it look like it's not a creature. It's a creature puppet. So Joe Dante, Gremlin, is real. 100% real. I follow this Instagram account now. 
that just post all the time gremlin stuff. Real gremlins that they find that were used in the movies that go for thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's amazing, amazing stuff. So to fast forward to the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which I brought up with the studios of what if Warner Brothers ripped off an idea if you had a relationship with Warner Brothers. Well, let's go to another company. Let's go to ABC. One of my favorite new shows on television is Abbott Elementary. And it's the lead actress, Quinta Bunsen, who's actually getting sued by this person that's claiming that she ripped off her idea. The idea of a mockumentary-style show, which I know a little bit about what that's about. This is where it kind of goes into how do I feel about the situation, because I can easily feel like this could be me. But Quinta Bunsen is far more established. She had this idea for a show, brought it to ABC, and they put it on, and it became a hit. This other person, Christine Davis, is claiming that she approached ABC with this idea. She pitched it. She was turned down. They come out with the show, and they've apparently stolen some of her ideas they use on the show. But her whole idea was a mockumentary style. They would go into a school that was kind of run down and needed improvement, and the lead actress was going to be a black actress. And all this lines up with when Quinta Bunsen comes in with her idea, ABC says yes to this. This reminds me of another situation years ago, which coincidentally features somebody from Star Wars, Hayden Christensen, who is known for playing Anakin Skywalker in the original prequels. It's odd that that fans will know what I'm talking about when I say prequels and sequels and the originals and stuff. It all lines up. Uh, you mean 8 to 9, uh, 10? Yes. You mean the one that comes between, between 6 and 7? Yeah. Hayden Christensen years ago and his brother approached um, with their production company an idea. I don't know if they approached Universal. Maybe they did. With this idea for a show about concierge doctors, which went on later to become a show on USA owned by Universal, called Royal Pains. I've looked it up recently, and they, they, did, they did set all that lawsuit. What it immediately made me think, because I forget the people behind Royal Pains, the, the, the one that got put out on TV. I forget who's behind that, but I bet there's a few people that are names that have been in the television industry longer, and that's their technicality. And I just think that, for whatever reason... The network didn't want to work with Hayden Christensen. Can't prove it. But who knows? Why would would they think an idea, and they say, listen, ideas all the time. They they like the idea, but they don't want to work with the people that approach the idea. Which makes no sense. Because a lot of times you'll still have shows that go on, that do get pitched, that do get made. And the showrunner, who also sometimes happens to be the creator behind the show, stepped down. A lot of your shows had show, showrunners that stepped down after one season, two seasons. I know a show that had a, sh- a different showrunner every season. Yeah, that show got pulled because it lost its flow. They didn't know what to do. 
I'm in the same kind of situation where I came with an idea for a mockumentary style of a vampire show. It was supposed to be like The Office and Curb Your, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, called Curb Your Vampirism. I didn't copyright the idea. It's a technical thing. And I am choosing not to do what this woman is doing, where she wants to sue Quinta Bunsen for copyright infringement. Yes and no. I mean, it's you, you got to really have the documents to prove it. She'll probably have documents to prove it. My thing is all around a technical thing, and I just feel like at this point, this reminds me of the Mariah Carey situation. You know, whose side do you want to be on? The popular one or the, the less popular one? And in my situation, I would be the less popular one. In the Abbott Elementary situation, Quinta Bunsen, the more popular one, and whoever this Christine Davis is getting pushed to the side. I would be her. She's suing. If she has the documents to prove it and back it up, then she, sh she should go forward with that. But, I don't know. It just... Everything is derivative. And going to what Joe Dante's kind of thinking is, if people can make it apparent that you're ripping it off, you know, doing another mockumentary show isn't original. Right from the get-go, it isn't original. The only thing she has going for it is that it also was going to be a school, is also going to talk to the teachers, is also going to be having a lead black actress. That, you know, sounds like ABC didn't want to work with somebody that didn't have very much experience. And then when Quinta Bunsen comes along, they want somebody more established that maybe has more numbers on social media and could get this stuff out there faster and become part of this circuit to keep it running. So I just thought that those were two very interesting stories. I hadn't done a show in a few weeks. Been wanting to talk about it. Um, trying to feel better to get my voice up to par and breathing-wise to get into doing more shows. Um, still working on Rizzle. You guys would be the first ones probably to know about that. I'd like to do another video podcast just about what how I go about filming things. I want to make sure it looks right, sounds right. And, I mean, it's free. You guys are going to watch it for free. I, the pressure would be on me more if I'm making stuff to sell it, which eventually is my goal. And that puts pressure on me every day to make sure that I don't want to sell something. That It's one thing to sell something with, you know, a bad idea. But what if you have a good idea and it doesn't look right? But 2020 for me changed that because people started using their webcams more. And your professional shows like your late night talk shows would use webcams and everything looked homemade. And I was like, huh. Again, I didn't want to be part of that. And I, I probably should have done a few things, but you know, some actors out there, they did get interesting ideas of how to go about what they're going to do during the pandemic, doing things from home. But I don't know. We'll follow up on the story of what goes on with Abbott Elementary because I don't know what's going on because the show is coming back. And I saw that the guy that plays the janitor is going to join as a regular. So positive news is coming in for Abbott Elementary. They're set to come back in the fall, I expect. So we'll see what goes on with this lawsuit. As far as, far as the Joe Dante thing, 
you know, people can think whatever about it, you know, I am only going to be attracted to it because I, I love Gremlins. And coincidentally, there is a new Gremlins show coming out on HBO Max called Secrets of the Mogwai, which is going to be an animated prequel and features Zach Galligan, but not as Billy, as this uh, mystery character that nobody knows about yet. It's going to have like, James Hong on it and lots of really cool people. Um, but yeah, it, lots of really cool things exciting coming out. And um, maybe one of these days I'll give my review of, of what people's take on Thor is. It's kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. And once again, I talk about something that's kind of interesting because I don't know what side to be on. But at the same time, I'm going to be defending somebody that I kind of don't really have. I, I try not to have too much of an opinion on. But I don't know. It's complicated. But I won't get into it. Too, I, I might do the Thor thing. I don't know. I like the movie. I found it okay. You know, Christian Bale is a really standout person in that. And possibly one of the most standout characters in the MCU to date. That's overshadowing a lot of my favorite actors. And <laughs> it's been part of Marvel over the years. So I'm going to stop it there. I thank you for listening thus far. Trying to get more shows done. Don't forget to subscribe if you already haven't to... Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and Breaker. For now, everybody, I'll see you later. Bye.